you can prioritize as well, like the partnership that you want to build, depending on the business overlap. Make my sales team understand like is the agency about and not only like everything related to testing or personalization, but like what they're doing in general. What is the, the size of the practice that an agency can build around your solution? The idea has come from the agency. It's something they're proud of and they're delivering and you're adding value to something that they are doing as a business. Welcome back to another, and I say this all the time, an awesome episode of Make Them Famous, the podcast where we bring multiple perspectives to talk about strategy, pain points, something that partner teams need to know to make sure that partnerships is successful. We talk to digital agencies and we talk to tech companies. So depending on where you are at in your org and vertical and career, Uh, I hope this is relevant and valuable for you. Today's topic is co-selling and how to make co-selling work. Uh, We invited Daniel from tech giant Quantum Metrics. He runs partnerships over there. And Noemi, who heads up partner success for Reveal and is former head of EMA, uh, EMEA, sorry, I always mess up that acronym, EMEA Partnerships for AB Tasty, another tech giant. Uh, Noemi and Daniel used to work Uh, together in co-selling routines. Now, Noemi is using co-selling to build her partnerships pipeline, and Daniel's using it to build sales, of course, through the partnerships channel, but he's doing it with digital agencies and other tech companies. So we have a very interesting conversation. We're going to talk about uh, account mapping routines, what it is, how to get started with it, with each type of persona, who the stakeholders should be when you start mapping accounts and getting into co-selling motions, what is the minimum viable product, how to dip your toe in the water, uh, how to prevent the inevitable internal conflict, getting this stuff going, uh, some of the numbers and what you should expect, KPIs, all of that fun stuff. But as usual, we do have a sponsor read. I encourage you to listen to it because these aren't just tech companies that knocked on our door and wanted to get in front of our audience. We went out to these three companies and asked them for sponsorship because they are partner enablement platforms that we love and use and suggest you do the same. Sendoso, Partner Stack, and Reveals. Go ahead and listen in, and then the episode will start just after that. Enjoy. First, Partner Stack. Partner Stack is the number one rated partner platform for software companies. Partner Stack works with top companies like Monday.com, Unbounce, who was just on the podcast, Intercom, Webflow, uh, some of the companies that use Partner Stack to make sure that their partners are happy. Uh, we advise many of our post program market fit clients to demo Partner Stack when they are ready to scale revenue through partnerships. Uh, we also talk a lot about co-selling in this podcast. We talk a lot about co-selling between agencies and tech, as well as tech to tech. And one of the platforms that really shines for both sides of our ecosystem, the agencies and the technology, is Reveal. Reveal just launched version two. They have a, an amazing UI and UX, and our agencies love it. And this is the thing with these co-selling partnerships is if one of the two sides does not have the tool that you're trying to use, you can't effectively co-sell. So uh, we recommend Reveal, uh, number one, because it's a great product. Number two, because you can integrate CRM for free and map data without hitting a paywall. Many agencies will stop when you try to refer them to a tool that is too expensive 
and, uh, and that will crush your ability to effectively co-sell. With agencies in particular, it's, it's super important. So check out Reveal, book a demo. It's free. Why not? Uh, Sendoso is our third sponsor of this show. They've been an awesome sponsor, an awesome partner for us in many ways. They're also in one of our programs, but Sendoso is the top sales and partnerships team's number one choice for gifting and sending. They are the leading sending platform. Sendoso is the most effective way for revenue teams to generate more revenue and stand out and engage their strategic points of contact throughout the partner journey. So if you're a tech team listening to this, I'm sure your salespeople are using Sendoso or something similar, but check out what they have to offer. They just released a number of new features, both for partners as well as for end users. And uh, it's slick and it is fast and it is robust. So please check out Sendoso, check out Reveal and check out PartnerStack, links below. And as usual, enjoy this episode. Welcome to the show. So today is another touch and deep dive, more of a deep dive on co-selling, how you work with digital agencies in a deeper capacity of the partnership and uh, co-selling and account mapping with those agencies is a big part of it. So Daniel, we'll start out with an introduction to you. I did the general introduction to the episode, but why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and your experience with co-selling? Yeah, so uh, I'm Daniel Ancioni. I look after all partnerships across EMEA here at Quantumetric. So that's technology alliances with digital experience platforms, customer data platforms, voice of customer solutions, and, and many more beyond that, as well as all agency and system integration partners who are going to kind of help pre-sales, post-sales around any of our deals that we're running. Prior to Quantum, I worked at a company called Braze uh, for two years, uh, running their agency practice there. And then prior to that, I've worked agency side for most of my life. Um, working at MediaCom as my last stint as a digital director. Yeah, I love I love talking to people that have been on the agency side too. It's always good conversation. So, um, Noemi, you've got a, a great background in this as well, coming from the tech side, and now you're on the product side. But uh, tell us uh, a little bit about yourself. Sure. Uh, so thank you very much, Alex. So uh, I'm Noemi Goubin. Uh, so as you can tell with my accent, I'm based in Paris. I'm now a partner success manager at Reveal. So Reveal is a collaborative collaborative growth platform. We help a company uh, co-sell thanks to account mapping. Uh, and so um, prior to that, uh, I used to work at AB Tasty, uh, the head of partnerships for Southern Europe. Um, so basically, I work with my local tech partners, so marketing analytics tool, uh, CDPs as well, Quantumetrics was one of my partners, uh, but as well agencies, uh, so marketing uh, um, marketing at, at uh, agencies, but as well consulting firms um, in uh, France. Italy, Spain, Portugal. I love it. Daniel, back to you for, for this question. If you can kind of touch on a little bit about what you perceive as the practice of co-selling, and then if there's any relevance and how it's changed from when you were at a digital agency, did you even do it? Was it a thing? Uh, versus obviously you're doing it heavily now and, and what it really means to you. So in your definition, in your perception, what, what really is co-selling? Well, it's definitely grown in maturity over the last sort of five or six years. When when I worked agency side, it was sometimes um, very tough to get a 
clear read on even what clients we were working with, uh, even getting a client list. Um, and anytime we did get a client list, uh, we were we found ourselves in the world of account mapping in, in Google Sheets or Microsoft Excel using VLOOKUP formulas and having to pull reports all the time and update stuff. And it was very, very slow, very, very cumbersome. And then when I joined Braze about two or three years ago, I learned what a CRM was. It, it felt like a uh, it felt like a gift from God to have a platform where you could see every client and every piece of information that you physically needed to know. And then to have a, an account mapping solution like a reveal tapped onto that platform to be able to quickly align your, your accounts against your partner's accounts without having to write a single formula in Excel, without having to pull a single report and just having that at the tip of your fingertips and a really easy to use UI just change the game. And it just means that anytime one of my partners is, is selling into a piece of business or anytime I'm selling into a piece of business that my partner cares about, both of us know that that's going on and we can have that conversation and we can discuss whether we want to engage in a co-sell motion. And what a co-sell motion for me really is, it, it's more than just introducing someone to a piece of business. It's uh, with a technology partner, it's can we do a joint demonstration around our two solutions combined around how they create this one plus one equals three, four, five, whatever number you want to select story that goes to market. And then with an agency partner, it's yes, our solution adds loads of value in a certain way. But what are the change management processes? What's the structure? What's the documentation? How do I evaluate whether this acquisition of this technology has been a good one in a year's time. That's all part of that co-selling motion to get that more strategic view that's often given by an agency. So for that, for me, is co-selling. It's more than just an introduction. It's both parties working in tandem to land some mutually beneficial business. Perfect. That's perfect. Now, Emmy, uh, you had the experience from the tech side. Now you have to sell and promote and work with a co-selling solution, a platform reveal. And I'm sure things have gotten more interesting for you and, and you've, you've got the different lens. So what is co-selling to you today? Yes, uh, a bit a bit like Daniel, when I arrived at AB Tasty, it was uh, like really, really complicated, you know, to just like uh, identify the right opportunity that I could uh, work on with my partner and so uh, co-sell, basically. Uh, so uh, when I, I was actually one of the first uh, Reveal users, so when I started using Reveal, it was it, it became much more easier to identify this opportunity. But again, like the, the, the idea of co-sell, like say, Daniel, is not only about, you know, just picking one account and uh, like try to like uh, sign a deal on both sides is really to make sure that this account is the right one uh, that uh, like uh, could benefit value from the product as well as the um, all the work done by the agencies or the consulting firm uh, really like getting you know uh, their consulting um, type of uh, work that is really uh, that were really really important for AB Tasty uh, because uh, uh, obviously when we had to sell a product to like a company that is not mature in terms of testing it's uh, really good to have experts that help us do that and not only understand that they have to like implement the product but really like uh, um, have 
team works uh, around the product as well, uh, have like expertise uh, on the product, has the practices and so on. Um, so I think that uh, uh, CoSell is uh, definitely pick the right account, make sure that both companies are bringing value to this account uh, and work on like what uh, you um, are, uh, where you're the best basically, um, tightly with your partner. Yeah, and that's kind of what I wanted to hear from you. So. Um, it's different perspectives. Um, you guys both have the same experience on the tech side. You guys are both targeting mid-market enterprise uh, companies at AB Tasty and Braze. Uh, so you guys have some similar experience, but you have different experiences before and after, which is super unique and interesting. And um, Daniel, this is um, a conversation that uh, I want to start with you, and then we'll go back to Noemi. And I want to talk to the different personas involved in a co-selling um, equation. Um, so that, that article I just chatted, you guys is a, um, is a newsletter that I just published about co-selling with digital agencies. Um, I wanted you to see that because this is a, a tough conversation for many either tech companies to have, but Noemi, you probably have it from a different perspective when you're talking about your solution, but when you're talking to each different persona, you have to approach it in a different way. Um, so I want to do a little bit of not role play, but asking Daniel first, how you approach a digital agency that may not have an active co-selling practice internally. They probably have heard the term before. They probably can make sense of it. Maybe their sales team has done it either before or after or, or whenever. Um, but you still have to have that conversation of what is it and what is it going to look like and what do we need to do to get it done and then, Noemi, I'll go back to you to say, hey, what do you say to a CRO or a CEO when you're saying, hey, co-selling needs to be in your organization. Here's why. So a little bit of a sales conversation because partner managers have to sell their teams on it. So we kind of want to help frame that conversation. So, Daniel, if you're talking to me, I'm a CEO or head of something at a digital agency and you're approaching me as a partner and you want to start co-selling, you want to start account mapping and then getting into a co-selling routine. So what are some of the things that you want to talk about first? Maybe some boxes that you have to have checked, anything relevant talking to digital agencies about co-selling? Yeah, I think with, with agencies and co-selling, I, I look at agencies in, in two ways. From a, firstly, from a breadth perspective, and then secondly, a depth perspective. And, and the breadth persona is, this is the CEO persona, like you're saying, or it could be it could be a practice lead. So in a lot of consultancies, it might be your head of analytics, your head of e-commerce, your head of digital, your head of performance, your head of UX. It might be someone like that who's got a very broad horizontal view across a business. And then from a, a depth perspective, it's about having conversations with people who are vertical leads or client leads. They're often called client partners, account directors, managing partners, those types of titles that would be within an agency and, and those types of folks will look after one or two accounts. In terms of starting a, a co-selling conversation with that horizontal lead, I, ideally, I mean, we, we often hope that a lot, of, a lot of the mature agencies that we're speaking to already have some of those co-selling practices in place because of the businesses like Salesforce's and Adobe's and IBM's that have come before us and have created these these kind of muscle memory around how to, to, to build a proper, proper co-sell strategy with the technology partners. So actually it is easier to start to talk about it than, than probably it would have been 10, 15 years ago. But the, the big piece that I'm finding is always a, a key thing is being able to articulate what is the, the size of the practice that an agency can build around your solution. 
and, and Jay McBain, who's like the principal analyst at Forrester for Channel Alliance, is really, really smart guy, produces some of the best research out there. And he, he was looking at some of the Salesforce ecosystem reports and they're, they're talking about their business having a, a 5x multiplier and every dollar spent on Salesforce, like another 5x of that. So $5 is going out to, to the ecosystem. So it's about, as a partner leader, are you able to articulate what your multiplier effect is and then be able to go to that CEO and say, I think, I think we can do $500,000, $600,000 worth of SaaS revenue with you guys. And I know I've got a 2x multiplier on my business, and that means $1.2 million in services. I reckon you're going to need to put this amount of people through training. I think it's going to take this long. Are you interested? And, and just moving things to a revenue conversation as quickly as possible is going to help move um, and move that forward. Yes. Um, shout out to Jay McBain and all the work he's done to make this make sense for everybody on the number side. Uh, Noemi, so uh, looking at it from the value add perspective, you have to partner with uh, people like me and Daniel and you have to work with us to get reveal his name out there at this point, but, you know, put your uh, SAS hat on for a second or, or even your, any, any hat you want, but you we want to talk to a CEO and a CRO um, about the value of co-selling. So you kind of have to put it into uh, the ROI equation, of course, uh, but they probably have those other things that they're thinking about compliance being one of them and some of the data aspects that you and I talked about before we started recording. So what are some of the conversations that you have typically when you're talking to a CRO and a CEO uh, about co-selling? So um, I'd say uh, that first, uh, uh, what I would say first is that, you know, when like an agency is trying to speak to a client that is new, they have to create pain to make sure that in the end, they will bring value to this company. But sometimes it can be a bit tough to create this pain because they're like, no, you know, I don't understand. I know exactly how to handle this or that. And it's really uh, much more practical when it comes to a tool. You don't have like a testing tool at the moment. And so uh, you should have one because it can bring you like X amount of conversion on your website. And so with like co-selling, we can really like uh, pinpoint what like is missing in their tech stack. And then like all the agencies has to do is just like to bring the value around the product, like sharing again, like the expertise of the consultants and so on. Uh, but I would say that it's always easier to start, a uh, to start a discussion with, you know, a fact, which is currently like you are not using this tool. You are not, you do not have like a, your, your tech stack is not complete and you could like uh, increase this or that. And then like uh, the agencies come with their expertise and say, but the thing is that you don't have people internally to manage this and we do. And so now like the pain is created. And so I think that for the client, it makes much, much more sense because at the very beginning it was a fact. And they, I think was already thinking about like uh, buying this tool, but not thinking about maybe you know, buying services around it. Uh, so this is the first, the way I would approach, I think, a CEO um, to to, uh, to 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 really make them understand the importance of co-sell. Uh, the second point around data and compliance is that, of course, like as soon as I start working with an agency, like with an NDA and so on, to make sure that we protect like everything that we're sharing, especially about an account. So, for example, at AB Tasty, whenever I already had like a, I already knew this account and like mapped this account and so on, it was really important for me to have this NDA in place, of course, uh, and 
to make sure that all the information that I share with my agencies were protected. Uh, but as soon as the NDA was signed, uh, I was like, okay, so with my sales team, we've done like three months, like talking to these guys and you don't even know them. So basically like all that we uh, already uh, done, like you don't have to do it. We can give you the name. We can give you like the context. We can tell you like who is the decision maker with their budget and so on. And so I think this is definitely very valuable in the process of co-sell. And it's like, it can, it can, it is true the other way around. I mean, sometimes agencies already worked with these guys and like already know the account and they just have to say, okay, so when I worked with them, like uh, he was the decision maker and like, I know that there were this pain. And so I think that AB Tasty could solve this pain and so on. So uh, yeah, I, I definitely recommend as soon as you decide that this agency is like really in your space and that they have the expertise that you, you require uh, just like talk about the partner program, how like it can really bring success to their, to the company, sign the NDA and really start like a, a bringing value, like sharing context and contact around accounts. Love it. I love it. Yeah. I think that's the important side of the equation that um, uh, just getting going, you know, and just, just saying, you know, what's, let's, let's protect ourselves NDA, but let's just get going. Let's get, let's, let's try it out. Um, and maybe it's, uh, maybe it'll be a practice your team will enjoy and we'll get a bunch of value from, but let's give it a few months and see what happens. And Daniel, there are nuances when you're approaching digital agencies, as you're very familiar with, um, with this routine, um, we hear different, um, you know, different rebuttals, I guess you could say, uh, you've probably heard all the same ones that I've heard. Um, and one of the things that we try to talk to our tech teams about when they're approaching agencies is you have to kind of fit it into their mindset and their line of thought, if you will, and how they perceive um, what they need to do to win new business, which is different than a SaaS company trying to win new business, right? And the first thing in the agency's mind is, is this going to be good for my current clients? And um, how is this going to fit in our current sales agenda, which typically is traffic and conversions? We have content and SEO and PPC, and we convert those on our site. And um, then we have our, our strategic call. So how does it fit into what we're doing today so that I'm not telling my team we've got to change our model and start doing things a different way? And one of the words that we use is attribution. You know, if you're using a co-selling solution like Reveal, attribution is one of those key terms that agencies understand. They have to attribute everything they're doing. So if you're going to do a big event together or some sort of content webinar ebook, white paper, case study. Yeah, that's great for co-marketing. You've got traffic and conversions and that, but how are we attributing the true value of the stuff that we're doing? Well, map accounts, see what the overlap looks like today, and then see what it looks like after we publish whatever it is we're going to publish. And if that shared uh, overlap goes up, increases, well, that's good indication that it's working. Whatever we're doing is working. Yes, you can put UTMs and you can track stuff with links and, you know, you know a lot about that being a braze, but, but the shared accounts, you know, all the stuff that's coming in in general. Um, Daniel, let's talk about the nuances. And if you're talking to the tech companies listening, what should they really know about co-selling with agencies and how can they be more effective at striking up those relationships? This sounds really strange, but you almost don't want the partner to be selling your business. So, you know, I, I don't want agencies to be going out and going, by the way, guys, you need to buy quantum metric. Like, 
that that like it's great just go and buy it like that's that's not that's not the story the story is you're trying to find a proposition that the agency already has in the market that you can then attach yourself it's a piece of ip that that agency owns that they're very proud of they spend a lot of time building it out and you can either replace a component of that or add something on so in in my world of analytics it might be an agency pushing out a digital experience audit proposition where they're going to go into a client, run a three month project and they'll analyze all of their digital properties. And they're going to need some digital tracking underneath that to underpin it. In Noemi's old world at AB Tasty, it might be you know, doing, a, doing a, a sort of experimentation audit, like how risk averse are you to doing certain types of tests? What's your, what's your framework to pick what tests you're going to run and you'll, you'll get a bunch of conversion rate optimization agencies out there that will go and run that proposition but they ultimately need a technology that underpins that proposition so you don't want from a co-sell motion you always don't want to start from a point of that agency selling and positioning your solution you want them to be positioning a broader holistic approach to that client which you are a component to and that is the most successful way to run a co-sell motion with an agency partner because the idea has come from the agency. It's something they're proud of and they're delivering and you're adding value to something that they are doing as a business. That's an awesome quote. Um, so, Noemi, anything on that? And then I want to go into um, who needs to be involved, truly needs to be involved, who should be involved, who shouldn't be involved, I guess, would be a better way to frame that in, uh, in an active co-selling motion. No, 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 nothing to add on that. I think that uh, Daniel has get it. And uh, definitely it is exactly what I was saying to my agencies as well. Like, uh, just like uh, sell what you're good at and I sell what I'm good at. And uh, this is uh, basically what is co-selling. I love it. Okay. And uh, so um, when you're talking to a team about co-selling, um, they may have different, um, you know, different perceptions of it. Uh, well, I need to bring all this in. I need to attach all that. I need to have all these things going. Um, but what really is necessary to have a successful co-selling uh, when you talk to teams? What, what do you tell them they need to have and who needs to be involved? I think that it's very important that uh, like uh, everything is consistent whenever you talk to a client. So we, you should definitely like uh, uh, when it comes to, to co-sell to a client line before. Uh, so uh, what I used to do at AB Tasty is like really make sure that we had like the common joint value proposition, you know, with like a, a deck, like where uh, I can like really understand, I can make my sales team understand like is the agency about and not only like everything related to testing or personalization, but like what they're doing in general. And then like deep dive a bit into their different expertise and the way they could like, uh, uh, the, the way they did it uh, within accounts with like use cases and so on and how like it can be plugged with the value prop ab tasty value proposition but as well as how it add values really to like the ab tasty joint value uh, the ab tasty value proposition so i think like the joint value proposition deck is really important internally as well as externally so uh, as soon as you start like you really decide to um you know work with with a with, with an agency um you have to make sure that uh, you are aligned on the value proposition i'd say and that your sales team is aligned as well uh and so yeah definitely before like talking to a client uh, again, like make sure that this deck is consistent and that you are like talking the same language and like going into the same direction with the same goal and with the, basically the benefit of the client. Love it. I love it. And uh, part of this is 
sort of an MVP uh, deployment of a co-selling motion. Uh, so if you're talking to uh, a typical digital agency that we work with, you know, there are 50 employees. Um, they don't have a partner manager yet, or maybe someone's kind of owning it, but they also own something else, sales or marketing. Um, and they, they hear new things and it just immediately thinks, uh, they immediately think more time. I got to create these assets, so white label this, and I have to school my team on what's going on. And then I got to meet new people over at your organization and get trained up and all this stuff. And uh, it's just sunk cost. They immediately think sunk cost and they say no, you know, knee jerk reaction. Uh, but Daniel, I want to hear what you say to these agencies that feel like it's going to be a sunk cost and feel like they don't have the resources to do co-selling in the way that uh, Noemi just talked about, where there's lots of lots going on. There's a very long sales cycle. There's lots of asset needs and all the stuff that is, is inherent in a larger scale co-selling motion. But is there an MVP? Is there something that we can do to dip our toe in the water, so to speak, and um, start to win these smaller agencies, these ones that are super valuable still, strategic, but haven't done it yet and would say no? So I think some some people who, who look at um, some tech partners that come to them and approach them around like build a practice around me and only see it as a sunk cost, some of those people just can't be converted. It's 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 the way they want to work and, and you have to be understanding of that. The the most kind of powerful personas that that I've spoken with are people that see benefit in their own career from what your platform can do so they see an, an opportunity or a, a, a clear path to revenue for their business and they with that see personal gain for them whether that's a promotion whether that's them getting to move into running something that they've never been able to run before so I think like the, the key thing I want to say is what I'm trying to articulate here is there are certain people that you're going to speak to that are just never going to change their mind. And you need to work out quickly if, if who they are so you can win some time back. And then there are some certain people out there that really see that what, you, what your business can do for them personally. And then you attach yourself to that in the line and run. But in terms of like a dip in the toe proposition, the, the strongest thing that I'm seeing all the time is around proof of concept. So how can you provide your platform because the, the challenges with a lot of partner programs today is, you know, you go, oh, I need 10 consultants to go through 100 hours of training um, to get all these certifications. And before you know it, that agency sunk 100 to 1,000 hours of training and they, they're not able to see a, a single piece of revenue from that yet. But with a, with a, a kind of a POC approach, you can take a more learn on the job approach with that agency. So you say, look, you can leverage my platform for, you know, 15, 30 days, whatever the POC length needs to be. During that POC, we're going to train you on how to implement and run and use the platform. And then after that, if everyone's happy, let's go and move on to a paid engagement. So it's just about how do you reduce the friction from a cost perspective and from an up, upfront training perspective to make it as easy for that agency to say, look, this is there's no risk here. We can try and test it. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. If it does, brilliant, we can go and build this new practice from there. So those, those are the ways that we are really articulating to, to particularly agencies, how they can um, start to test some sales motions with us. Great answer. Great answer. Um, yeah. So like to your point, some people, it's just not a good time. It's not the right time. And they don't have the org uh, that would be effective for both sides to do a co-selling motion. 
Um, but the ones that may, uh, there is sort of that approach that I, I think you can start with account mapping. And uh, no, I mean, I want to I hear your perspective on this and uh, give them that at least glimpse of here's what's going on. And I think anybody in a CRO, CEO, head of sales, especially position is going to look at that as opportunity and they're going to want it, you know, no matter what. Uh, so at least start with, let's see what's going on. Let's run a couple co-marketing campaigns, see what changes and, uh, and sell that just a glimpse, the idea of knowing more than you know today. And then anybody that's on the sales revenue side is going to look at the opportunity and they're going to come back to you and say, how do we get in front of those people? What can we do? And then you can start the strategy conversations and back into it. Uh, Noemi, anything on that? And then the addition to that question is, um, what do you see as the biggest uh, conflict internally when teams are deliberating and they come back to you with a no, what are those no's and who uh, typically is the one person that you need to convince overall to get past that? I think that uh, what I would add on what Dan just said that it's really, yes, important to have like to work with a partner with, you know, some kind of POC. So usually when I start working with an agency and I thought that it would make sense in terms of a value proposition, the idea is to yeah, sign an NDA and run the first account mapping to, to see the business overlap. And uh, usually uh, when it comes to the product side or the agency side, there is always some prospect that you're chasing. And so you will always like find value in your partner's portfolio, basically. Uh, once you've done that, it's very important to me that you identify the right opportunity that you want to work on because these first opportunity will be like your first proof of concept and will like um, bring like, um, you know, the validation of your partnerships. And so as soon as a client signs for this partnership between ABT in an agency, like you have like the proof that yes, we can start working on certification. We can start working on a on a more like a deeper partner program together and make it sure that it's successful and so on. So uh, step by step, uh, it doesn't have to be like a, a really big deck with like a, all the joint value proposition at the very first stage of the of the of the relationship. I think it's really important that you draw the account mapping together, identify the right opportunity, make sure that you keep track that you're watching this opportunity, uh, find your first client and then like uh, track the numbers. As you said, Alex, it's really important. And like we achieve in reveal, like with this new features, like it's to understand how like uh, your pipeline, uh, you know, uh, grow thanks to your partner ecosystem, basically. They, you know, how like all the KPIs related to it. So for example, your cycle velocity and this kind of, you know, uh, KPI that we track the A-B tasty to uh, really make sure that internally, like everyone understood the value of a partnership. So basically the amount of a deal, like how, like um, the velocity of the deal, uh, whenever a partner were, were attached to it. And basically this is what exactly uh, would help me to talk internally to my team or externally to the agencies and say, this is the proof of why we should like do co-sell. Uh, so yeah, I really used a lot of uh, um, figures to make sure that 
internally as well as externally, I was avoiding all this conflict because, you know, you cannot like just uh, deny the figures that you have in front of you. Uh, so basically compare a deal where a partner in agencies is attached to it, it's always bigger. Uh, it's often like a, a, you sign it like often quicker and so on. Yeah, that's a that's a great point. All of them. And, um, you know, from that perspective, I mean, you're, you're obviously now selling a platform. So you have to kind of make the case of costs if they're if they're on an enterprise account even though for the listeners reveal does have a free account you can connect to crm and view all your um accounts uh, for free so but there's an enterprise account you do have to sell it so you have to sell the value prop of uh how it's going to pay for itself um and then uh that backs into the numbers question so daniel um what is co-selling for you guys what is the value of it what does it mean for your organization both on a number side and just a partner enablement side. Yeah, so you know that every company has a sort of a different um, metric. But quantum, we are planning to have about fifty percent of our business attached to partners um, throughout this year coming up. So that's a combination of of, of sourced co-sell motion. So the partner brings us into a, a net new opportunity, and we we go and drive that forward and. From a, an, also from an influence perspective. So we are directly bring, getting our own opportunities, whether that's through marketing, our SDR teams, our account execs, finding the right agency to align with and then move forward. So we are looking for about half of our business for this year to come through the partner channel in some way, shape or form. And some of the, some of the partners that I speak to in our, in our ecosystem, they're up in the, sort of the 80, 85%. So really, really strong attach rate. So that's how... I look at the success of, of the co-sell motion and also we're really starting to analyze CSAT scores as well. So how satisfied are the customers with you know, agencies that are providing the services on top of quantum versus how we provide our own services to our own customer success team. So those sorts of CSAT scores are going to become really, really important for us as a business to ensure that agencies are at least matching, if not beating, what we can provide through our own uh, internal services. And I know we kind of, we've talked a little bit about conflict management on the co-sell motion, but particularly with agencies, that is the biggest conflict that any software company will, will come up against. It is, can I provide services to my agency um, and, and not become protective of the services that I could possibly provide. Otherwise, that agency is going to move on to another platform that can that isn't uh, as focused on providing the services around it. Because I think you know the great thing about software companies, we have very high margins, but generally speaking, you know customer success roles tend to be more of a a, a much lower margin product. So you know if we want to protect those margins as software companies, we have to realize and outsource more of that, that service revenue to agency partners wherever possible. Yeah. Words of wisdom to all you tech founders out there. Um, I was talking to one of the largest um, call tracking and um, call recording solutions for sales teams out there. We all know the name and they were very anti-partnerships for a long time. And they only just now in the last probably three to six months started realizing that they probably missed out and uh, they're doubling down now and putting a lot of effort and money into it. Um, but same, same thing. They were a sales driven organization. They sold a sales enablement product and um, they were very direct, you know, direct to consumer and direct to sales. There's a lot of orgs still out there that are like this, but I think more and more orgs are realizing the power of involving partners in that equation instead of building up your CS team bigger and bigger and more and more deep. 
uh, bring in partners to that equation. Tell tell your uh, your your users, not your clients, but your users that you've got experts. They exist over here, and here's the directory. And find one, and we'll introduce you if you need an introduction. But that's an important part, and that does dovetail nicely into the last part of this conversation that I wanted to talk about. I do want to hit on KPIs and OKRs, anything relevant that we should track in this whole motion, pipeline velocity, all that fun stuff. Uh, but before that, uh, you did mention something uh, about warming up the leads and, and doing something before co-selling. So if you're going into a co-selling motion, let's say you're starting to talk to a new partner about it, and uh, maybe a couple of months before you start actively introducing and, and doing the, uh, the day-to-day of co-selling. But what do you guys do over at Quantum Metric, Daniel, um, to warm up leads? Is there a co-marketing initiative, uh, an account-based marketing strategy that you always recommend you deploy, creating something with that partner to get some brand impressions across before you start to make introductions and be on calls and, and start to make those recommendations? What do you guys like to do what's best practice so there's some some broad and um then there's also some sort of more one-to-one orientated stuff so broad-based things include yes account-based marketing so sharing lead lists with each other uh, sorry sharing account lists with each other via we actually use um reveal as our single source of truth for those accounts so then we can say right how are you to the partner, to tech partners in particular, about how are you going after these accounts? This is how we're going after the accounts. Can we align? Even things like if we're exhibiting at the same expos, can we be in the same places and all those sorts of things? So that's those are the sort of broad initiatives that we're doing. And then from a, a one-to-one account perspective, it is, again, tends to be more on the tech partner side than, than the agency side, just because I still feel like agencies are a bit behind the curve on account mapping as a whole and even having a CRM solution uh, as a whole as well. But um, that tends to be along the lines of, you know, can that custom success manager for that account or that account manager or the account executive on the account, on that next call they've got with a client, can they drop in the fact that they've had a really interesting conversation with us and they believe that they can add value? Would they be interested in a more exploratory conversation? So not going hard and fast into a direct introduction straight off the bat. It's surfacing information about our business to our potential prospects that is relatable to the partner that's going to hopefully keep client interest and make them want to engage in a conversation. So there's the broad stuff that tends to be done through the marketing team, big ABM stuff. And then there's a really tactical stuff, which is AE to AE or AM to AM, where we're, we're kind of really, really nitty gritty going after accounts. Ooh, I like it. Uh, okay. And that, that makes me want to talk a lot more about just customer <laughs> insights and figuring out a good strategy, but um, we can boil this down to a couple of uh, best practices, a couple steps, and then end on KPIs. But Noemi, what are your best practices for um, making sure co-selling is effective? What would you say are the main things that they have to do uh, in order to make sure it's successful? Sure. So first thing, so we had at ABTC, we had what we called a work stream tracker. And, you know, what you said earlier, Alex, I think it's really important, especially for the smallest agency, is to identify which one is owning which line within like this spreadsheet, basically, which is a work stream tracker. So basically, I said that first you will have to understand like both joint, uh, 
both value proposition, then you will have to define a joint value proposition. Then you will have to maintain the joint pipeline to improve the ownership of your partner for your platform and the other way around to improve like within your sales team, the value proposition of your, your partners. You will have to define like I think a joint marketing strategy. So what type of co-marketing activity that you want to uh, do for the next quarter or the coming weeks and so on, and what, which, which type of assets. But what I think is really important is to define like owner, like within each of this line to make sure that, you know, like the work is really like not only on one hand person basically, but like uh, uh, in different uh, so the, the ownership is uh, is uh, hold, held by different people within the agency, um, but uh, yeah, and and uh, on the KPI side, uh, I'd say that we had a scorecard card at AB Tasty to make sure again that uh, we measure the success of our partner program. So uh, basically, it was not only about sales performance. So the number of sourced opportunity, the number of qualified lead, the number of leads uh, won, uh, but as well on like everything related to product and platform engagement, everything related to customer success, everything related to marketing. And so basically, we calculated the number of case studies that we did uh, we've done with uh, our partners. The social posting, the MQL generated after these co-branded events, like on the customer success side, we calculated the number of like uh, the, 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 the average like customer satisfaction on common client, like our renewal rate, our upset cross sell whenever we had a client uh, um, that we worked with an agencies uh, with and uh, everything related to the product and the uh, on, on the product side was like how uh, like the agencies were using our product and basically were certified on the product. So a lot of uh, KPI that were not only related to sales performance, but I think that were really important to measure the, 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 the success of our co-setting strategy. Um, and yeah, and I could talk about deal velocity and ecosystem qualified lead and everything, but. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I like the idea of, of, of keeping that scorecard and uh, tallying up, you know, what you've done with each partner, five points for this, two points for that, however you do it. Um, and then at the end of the day, what you get is, you know what, this partner is driving more pipeline revenue and they have a score of eight, um, meaning we've done more with that partner uh, on the co-marketing side, exactly. I guess is, is sort of how I understood that. So that quarterly, you know, we had like objective for the next quarter or the next year. So, yeah like that a lot. And that's a tough thing that you, I don't think you can programmatically track that. You kind of have to manually go in there and say, you know what, we published this. Um, that's one of these that qualifies as this. And we add points to that. Uh, but Daniel, I just chatted you some um, questions about uh, how you enrich and what you do with the data, the unknown data. So when you map accounts, you've got your overlaps, which are known. You've got your side, which are of course known. Then there's their side that you don't know. That's the goal. That's the value. That's the opportunity. Um, what do you do on that data uh, before you make any sort of requests or actions or do anything to it? Do you enrich it in any way? Do you run customer insights on it? Uh, do you? What do you do? Yeah, I mean, every every successful software company has to have some sort of uh, you know ideal customer profile ICP, as it's often um, condensed down to. So uh, generally, your, your ICP is, is built around some specific metrics and how you price your, price your business. So we look at platforms like SimilarWeb for, for web traffic. 
we look at things like Aptopia for monthly active users, daily active users, retention graphs. They've got some great data in there. Um, for any businesses that, that for some reason aren't using a solution like Reveal and we need to know what they are using, we'll, we'll use a platform like BuiltWith to see what, what SDKs, what JavaScripts they have installed so we can actually evaluate how mature is this business? Do they buy other enterprise-grade technology or have they only got Google Analytics and other free solutions on, on their platform? So um, those, are, those are our sort of three go-to platforms that we, we tend to leverage really heavily just to see how does that client fit into our TAM or, or, or not? I love it. I love it. Um, okay, perfect. And then, uh, Noemi, this question's for you. I wanted to hit on this before we ended, but if partner managers uh, listening want to use account mapping to develop their channel, so this isn't selling the product, this is selling the partnership. Totally different uh, on the strategy side, on the operation side, on everything, but you mentioned that you guys use it in order to build your channel partner. So how does that work? How does it work? And what are the different nuances if you're using it to build your channel uh, pipeline versus using it to build your user pipeline? Um, so I'd say that, so on Reveal, what is important to understand is that you can like uh, use it to see your, your um partners pipeline obviously but you can use it as well to find new partners uh, because definitely like uh, today we have like a whole directory with like all the company that are using reveal today and you can send invite to the admin uh, reveals user basically within this company so you could use it to extend like your uh, you know partner program just sending like invitation and explaining about a bit about like what is your role, what is your company doing and why like the partnership would make sense. And it's like very interesting for you to do that so that you can prioritize as well, like the partnership that you want to build depending on the business overlap. Um, so thanks to the overview, as soon as you connect on Reveal, before even sharing the account mapping, you can just have like the overview of the common customer, the common, the, the customer on your side that are your partner prospect. And so how much it represents in terms of pipeline. So on the tech side or on the agency side, because I know then that you mentioned earlier that yes, the agencies are a bit less mature in terms of CRM, but again, like usually they are sharing spreadsheets with uh, their uh, product team, uh, with the, the, the tech partners team. And so they're already using a third party tool to share the list of clients of accounts. And so it's just like uh, they we have to make them think that instead of using a third party tool, which is like Google Spreadsheet, which is not made for that and which is not secure and which is not like uh, um, uh, easy to use, you should like put your CSV file in reveal and that way it's secure and like the mapping is much easier. So again, like we have a lot of agencies on reveal and even if they're not that mature on the CRM side, they can like put whatever they want their, their, their uh, CSV file and then start broadening, like looking into, um, yeah, the, the tech partner that would make sense in terms of, uh, uh, you know, the, the, the space they are owning and depending on this, this business opportunities, like the, they can select the one they want to prioritize um, to, to, to work with. And, and just and just one thing on top of that as well, like I, one thing I love that Reveal is doing in the market at the moment is it's moving account mapping from what's predominantly been quite a reactive uh, piece of work to being more proactive. And just to paint some more color on that, just 
you know, I, I, I am now getting regular alerts um, sent to me on when my partner wins a new customer, when they've opened a new opportunity, um, when they assigned a, a new prospect that's in our patch. And there are so many interesting workflows you can drive from that. Like some, one of your partners has won a new customer, why not send them something in the post, have it triggered with a, you know, a Sendozo or Reach Desk campaign that sends them a gift to their, to their headquarters and say, congrats on this massive win or, or why not, um, you know, oh, I've just seen you open the opportunity in that account. We have an opportunity there as well. So it's almost making, it's, it's strange. It's almost making the reveal UI redundant because you're getting your information sent to you in the places that you're working every single day. And you can now move into more proactive account mapping, which leads to proactive co-selling versus kind of, you know, chasing your tail. So reveal really changing how people work in the partnership space on co-sell motions. Oh, I, I love that mention. Uh, no, I mean, I think uh, important thing to note on what Daniel just mentioned many, many times in the partnership equation, uh, the people on either side don't bring the partner back into the equation. They don't keep the partner um, involved. They don't communicate effectively. Like if I am your partner and I send you my client, whether through reveal or through email or what have you, and that client has issues down the road with your product, uh, and you don't keep me in tune to what's going on, or even just in the pipeline stages, mm -hmm. um, that really affects the partnership. Agencies especially hate that aspect of partnerships where they feel like they're handing you a very important part of their business and um, you're not bringing them back in when they need to be brought back in. So some of the notifications and some of the alerts and some of the things that Daniel mentioned, that allows the partner to be involved in any way they want. They get the alert, they get the notification, they know what's going on. It's up to them to do something about it or not, but at least they exactly. know. Exactly. And well, actually it makes me feel very happy because this is one of the first features that I required when I arrived at Reveal. It was like to have like this kind of, you know, updates because it's really important for us to be like, again, up to date when it comes to like who signed who, which company and so on. And, uh, and so, yeah, I think this is the overall idea of Reveal is like today, it's not only about like, you know, do the data matching. It's really about, okay, so then what, you know, how can we identify like really the right prospect at the right time? And so I think that this is basically what is on our product roadmap. So to, to make sure that we just like make partnerships manager life easier on both sides, like tech partner side, agency side, of course, we have a lot of features that will come for agencies. And so for like partnership manager only to focus on like where they really matter, you know. Awesome. Awesome. And I'll uh, make sure to Photoshop or add a t-shirt with reveal on you. Uh, no, I mean, cause yeah, you, I wasn't aware. Like guys, you did not tell me that I was supposed to wear my t-shirt on. <laughs> You've always got to wear the merch. Always. I'll just, I'll just I've even, uh, even got my quantum metric. Yeah. Get uh, your swag on. Uh, very cool guys. We are out of time and I do have, I have my reveal one late for, so I've got to jump. Perfect. <laughs> um, this has been awesome. We have a bunch of great strategies. Noemi, I'm going to link to the co-selling course that we have in our collective for any of you who really want more of a deep dive into how to do this with screen share and all that fun stuff. Uh, Daniel, I'll link to your LinkedIn and some other stuff about you. And, um, this has been awesome, man. We should definitely do another one of these. This was really good. Thank you. Thank you very much. Bye, Dan. Bye, Alex. Thank you. Thanks, guys.